Hey there, and welcome back to the Mini Weekend. I'm your host, Jack. Let's crack a beer and get the ball rolling, Mini. Um, yes, first and foremost, I was supposed to do this podcast for you guys last night. But due to the fact that I wasn't feeling the greatest last night and tonight's game between the Lions and Chiefs were not in my picks for this week, I chose to give myself a good night's sleep and, and come at you guys one last uh, Thursday um, before Wednesday nights commence. But going forward, like I just said, we will be coming at you guys Wednesday nights um, before the new NFL each week gets underway. So with that... Um, this, um, this week drink, uh, comes to you guys from you guys. Unfortunately, it's not a place from Minnesota, but I did have a, have a couple of fans reach out to me about this place. So without further ado, tonight's drink comes from, it's called Two Towns Cider House, and they're actually located in Oregon, which is kind of cool. And I got one of their variety packs and the first one, I I wanted to do their basic one, but you know how it goes. I had a 50-50 chance, and I opened it on the wrong side. Didn't want to create a mess, and there's limited space in the fridge. How you guys know it goes. So tonight, we're instead of starting with the OG, just a cider, we're doing their Pacific Pineapple Unfiltered Pineapple Air Ale. Sorry, cider. And I got to say, this is... This is unusually good. Um, it kind of tastes like, um, it kind of tastes um a little bit like just pineapple juice, which I love pineapple, so that's a huge plus. Um, each one of their seasonal things actually has their own profile. So this one's it says juicy and tropical Pacific pineapple rolls ripe Costa Rica golden pineapples into fresh pressed Northwest apples. This refreshingly juicy and easy drinking session cider will relax your state of mind no matter your locale. Um, Surf chilled. And, geez, I got to say, I this honestly doesn't taste too much like a cider to me, which not necessarily a bad thing, um, but it it does beg the question, like, what what is a cider? Um You know, the, I think for me, the, um, a little bit of the aftertaste is more of that apple cidery taste that you're used to. Um, well, that initial like downpour is like, wow, this is some nice pineapple juice and could get you at 5%, honestly. Um, I like it. Like I said, you know, I'm, I don't typically gravitate like we've talked about on the podcast here, just being super, excuse me, um, into ciders, um, but, um, I do like it, this is, this is unusually good, um, similar to some of our, um, uh, similar to some of our, uh, flavored beers, I thought it was gonna kind of be overwhelming pineapple, and it's really not, it's, it's subtle, and again, you know, the more you drink it, the more, both the downpour and everything, you know, you kind of taste the apples and the pineapples, you know, the cider, everything kind of, uh, you know, mixed together nicely. Um, you know, again, 
just by virtue of not being that big of a uh, cider person, I do really like this. So I'm going to go ahead and give this... Um, you know what? Let's go ahead and give it a 7.9. 7.9. really like it. Um, you guys definitely got to go check them out. They have a uh, tap room. Um, some cool stuff going on. Uh, two cider house.com uh, you can find them on facebook instagram twitter and they actually have a youtube um page uh to check out as well so that is what i have for you guys tonight for um just here for the beer um so now tonight for the tommy town we actually have some new news for you guys uh for you tommy nation lovers other than the football team, so just yesterday, the 6th, both the men and women's basketball teams released their schedules for the upcoming season. So with that, doing the men's team first, um, their upcoming 23-24 season will begin November 6th as John Tower will lead the Tommies into Berkeley, California to face the Golden Bears. Um, and then after that, St. Thomas will welcome Idaho State at Shenaker Arena November 10th. For its home opener, followed uh, two days later with a matchup against North Central Minnesota at home. The Tommies will then return to the state of California for a three-game tournament uh, November 17th through 19th, uh, taking on Cal Poly, uh, California Baptist, the whole school, and then wrapping it up against Portland State. The Tommies will remain on the road November 25th against Green Bay and December 1st at Western Michigan before returning home for the first time in nearly a month on December 6th against Milwaukee. St. Thomas will then travel to Chicago State on December 10th before moving north to face Marquette. Yes, you heard me correct. The defending Big East regular season and tournament champions, the Golden Eagles, are currently the number one seed in the 2003 NCAA Division I men's um, way-too-early polls. After completing their road portion of its non-conference schedule, with the exception of the Big Sky uh, Summit League Challenge, obviously, St. Thomas will return to Schenecker Arena December 16th to take on Crown from Minnesota, and then December 21st to take on River Falls. <coughs> Excuse me, the 16-game Summit League schedule will begin on December 29th with a road contest at North Dakota before ending the calendar year December 31st at home against Kansas City. Following the New Year holiday, St. Thomas will then travel to Moscow, Idaho <laughs> on January 3rd to open the two-game um, uh, the two-game Big Sky uh, Summit League Challenge against Idaho. The Purple welcomes Sacramento State uh, to St. Paul on January 6th to close out that challenge. Um, and then lastly, the Tommies will face each Summit League school twice during conference play and the regular season um, March 2nd at home against Denver. And then the 2000, excuse me, the 2024 Summit League Championship tips off March 8th with a title game being held on March 12th at the Denny Sanford Premier Center in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. For the women's team, they are slated to play some big time opponents. <clears throat> this upcoming year, people, as the Tommies will play teams from the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Big East in the 23-24 season. Um, 
St. Thomas will welcome Iowa State on November 29th and Wisconsin on December 13th to Schenecker Arena and will also play host to Central Florida on November 15th and Utah Valley on November 18th during the first month of a jam-packed schedule for them. The Tommy's Road schedule is equally as competitive as they will be opening the season at Drake on November 6th. St. Thomas will then travel to California for games against St. Mary's, UC Irvine, and Butler over Thanksgiving before traveling to Western Illinois, Milwaukee, and Purdue, Fort Wayne to open December. The Tommy's non-conference schedule should prepare them well for the Summit League conference games as conference games will begin in late December. St. Thomas will open Summit League play on December 29th when the team hosts North Dakota before participating in one final non-conference tournament, the Big Sky Summit League Challenge from January 4th to 6th. From that point on, it's all Summit League games for the Tommies who will host Oral Roberts, South Dakota, Omaha, Kansas City, Denver, North Dakota State, and reigning conference champions South Dakota State throughout the months of January and February. So that is what we have for you guys. Go check out uh, TommySports.com to find out the full schedule with most of them have times. Um, And you can get uh, season tickets or get on a waiting list for season tickets. And then in the coming month here or two, uh, you will be able to get single season, uh, single game tickets as well. So with that, um, this last week, the Tommies, the Tommy football team handed uh, head coach Glenn Caruso his 150th uh, career win, which is huge. They opened up the 23 football season with a 36-26 to win over Black Hills State. The Tommies um, jumped out to a quick 22-0 to lead just a couple minutes into the second quarter. Uh, Johnson Falala or Fala uh, got the scoring started just over a, a minute or two into the game with a 37-yard pick six. Um, yeah, and like I said, they opened up the game on a 22 to nothing run, took a 22 to 10 lead into halftime, and ended up winning the game. Excuse me, 20 or sorry, 36 to 26. So, um, yeah, all in all, kind of a roller coaster game uh, for the Tommies. Um, you know, I know I brought up that uh, they took a 22 to 10 lead into half, but following St. Thomas's 22 points, um, the Black Hills State uh, team would actually go on to score 13 unanswered points themselves. And early in the fourth quarter, they were driving and um, about to make it an even closer game. And lo and behold, uh, the Tommy's defense um, came up big, um, getting a forcing a fumble, which would then turn into Sean Shipman's uh, 19-yard run to essentially put the game out of range um, with nine minutes and 16 seconds. 16 seconds left, giving the Tommies a 29-3 lead. Um, But then Black Hill State coming back just a couple minutes later um, 
and I shouldn't I shouldn't say putting out of range, but then at that point, you know, the team kind of teams kind of went back and forth. So, you know, again, all in all, you know, we talk a lot about on this podcast, a win's a win, it doesn't matter how you get it. Um already starting off on a better foot than last year where they lost their home opener or not their home opener, just their season opener. Um, and in pretty defeating fashion. So super, super awesome to see them get on the board um, and start this season 1-0. and Amari Powell, um, sophomore quarterback, would go on to complete 50% of his passes for only 105 yards, his longest pass being 30 yards. Um, and then, like I said, Sean Shipman ran for 104 rushing touchdowns for the Tommies. In the game, he led the Tommies with 144 rushing yards on 21 attempts. Um, but it was the sophomore quarterback, Amari Powell, who ended up running home uh, two of the Tommies, <coughs> uh, two of the Tommies for um, uh, touchdowns. Sorry, excuse me. Or yeah, four sorry, four offensive touchdowns. I should have said, uh, like I said, Sean Shipman um, makes it three, and then Hope Out of Bio on eight carries gained thirty three yards and one touchdown. So you know, once again, a huge, huge um, uh, win uh, to start the season off. One uh, zero, and then if that wasn't enough, uh, Luke Herzog um, ended up with eight total um, tackles with. One and a half ta- tackles for yards and one and a half sacks, um, and then Malachi Milton Jackson actually came up big too, uh, with six tackles of his own, <clears throat> with uh, three tackles for losses, and two sacks. Um, so once again, uh, another big win. It's nice to see the Tommies getting the job done. Excuse me, on both sides of the ball. So now coming up this week, they will be uh, taking on South Dakota at 1 p.m. Central Time. Excuse me. Um. So yeah, they. Um, they will um look to keep its 11 game win streak alive on the road this upcoming weekend at the University of. Uh, South Dakota for their first road test of the season. Um, while 299 miles separate St. Paul and Vermilion, South Dakota, Saturday's game may seem like a bit of a homecoming for head coach Glenn Caruso as he served as the OC for the Coyotes in 2004 and 5 in his two seasons with the program. Fun fact, their offense averaged over 38 points per game, including 49.7 points in 2000. And five, so um, obviously huge um, offensive uh, seasons that propelled him into his head coaching gig. Um, but lastly, before we kind of get into the game and previewing it, looking at it, <coughs> um, this won't be the St. Thomas Tommy's first trip to the Dakota Dome. The Tommies played in the first ever collegiate football game played in the venue on September 8th, 1979 in a low-scoring affair. St. Thomas lost to the Coyotes, unfortunately, 6-22 in front of a home crowd of 6,800. So, um, 
we know how the Tommies are coming into this game. As far as South Dakota, they faced stiff competition to open the 2020 season in Week 1. The Coyotes squared off against the University of Missouri in their season opener last week, falling to the Tigers by a final score of 35-10. to Offensively, South Dakota was led by quarterback Aiden Bowman, who recorded 156 passing yards in the performance. Um, an additional... Um, uh, and additionally, the Coyotes actually didn't commit a single turnover, which is unusual in a lopsided game like that, um, and actually won the time of possession battle in that game as well. Um, actually, really quickly here, fifth-year senior Johnson Fala um, from Brooklyn Mark, Minnesota, took home the first Pioneer Football League Defensive Player of the Week honor. Sunday afternoon after a career game for the Tommies on Saturday, he kicked off the 23 season in style thanks to a pick 647 seconds into the game, and he additionally recorded six total tackles, including five solo, both of which were career highs for him. So he's going to look to, um, to get off on that and keep that rolling. Additionally, the St. Thomas run game was virtually unstoppable on Saturday afternoon as the Tommies rushed for 225 total yards on 41 carries against the Yellow Jackets. Um, So, um, yeah, going off of that, John Shipman rushed for over 100 yards in Saturday's game, becoming the first St. Thomas running back in the short Division I era to rush for over 100 yards in the opener. It's the first time since 2019 that a Tommy running back has rushed for over 100 yards in a season opener. The last to do so was former standout Tom Loeffler. So, um, yeah, in addition to that, the St. Thomas's run defense this last game was just as good as the run game as they held Black Hill State to 41 rushing yards on 33 attempts. <clears throat> the lowest rush total for an opponent in a season opener in the Division One era as well. Um, so lots of good things for the Tommies to take into this game. Uh, as far as national rankings are concerned, Saturday's game, the St. Thomas defense ranked sixth in the uh, FCS in rushing defense after holding the Yellow Jackets to 41 yards. The Tommies also, fun fact, ranked second in the nation in total sacks, six and third in total sack yards with 54. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be um tough um to stop the St. Thomas run game, and you have to think that that um that'll be one of the big things um that the Tommies will hope to carry off of. Again, we didn't see we didn't see um Powell throw a lot. So it brings into question if um South Dakota makes us throw, how well is that gonna go for us? Obviously, you know, we do have some solid receivers. Um but that's just not what um we got in week one. So <clears throat> we are going to have to wait and see as far as that's concerned. So I can't wait to see what happens. Like I said, South Dakota, um, University of South Dakota, 1 p.m. Um, and then what I usually do for away games, um, usually about an hour, between an hour and a half and a half hour before kickoff, around, um, around what would that be, 
to 12.30. Check the website and usually the home team that we play has a stream that you can get in on. So you know I will be watching that. Um, but that is what we have this week for Tommy Town. So for this week, our local business shout out, I have to say I've been excited um, to give these guys a shout out. They are <coughs> brand spanking new. They haven't even been open for a week now. So without further ado, it's Pints and Paddle. What is Pints and Paddle? You might you may be asking yourself. It is a lot of different things. It it has pickleball courts, it's got a tap room, it's got Malone's food, and they've got events all over the wazoo. Um it's located in Maple Grove, off of Maple uh, Grove Circle North, kind of in that um, North Arbor Lakes area, if you know where the Raising Canes um, is in Maple Groves. It is across the, what's that, Grove Circle North, 99th Avenue, um, is that Target, and then and then that uh, Slumberland. It's actually right in between those, <coughs> and I could not be more excited to try this place out so um yeah like i said super new go check them out if you've already been there let me know um what food we got to get let me know what uh, beers to try out and if there are any good um any good um pickleball leagues to sign up for already um i know they actually have a couple events on schedule coming up here they have live music from matt hannah on september 12th Live music from Garden Street Band on the 19th. And then on the 20th and 27th, it looks like they're starting Trivia Nights. So um, lots of really cool things happening here. I myself cannot wait to go check them out <coughs> and um, check it out. Um, for those that are interested, pickleball hours are 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Sunday. And then the tap room and Malone's are open 3 p.m. to 11, Monday through Thursday, Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays, 11 a.m. to midnight, and then Sundays, 11 to 11. It is noted on their website, the kitchen does close at 10 daily. Just an FYI, you guys can't say I didn't um, warn you. Um, go check them out, pintsandpaddle.com. You can also find them on Facebook, Instagram, <coughs> excuse me, Twitter. And TikTok. So, yes, go check them out. I'm psyched. After I go, you guys know I will report back to you guys. Excuse me there. All right. So, before we just jump right into our beloved um, professional sports, did want to give one last shout out. I know it's not officially our local business shout out, but wanted to give another quick shout out here to, um, unreal was able to cop one of those um sweet sweet i got the hoodie with the uh quarter zip drop one super stoked about it cannot um wait to be repping that this year actually already received it um earlier today so you know i'm wearing that for this podcast getting ready for the viking season so shout out for them getting us um ready for the season can't wait to get it underway but without further ado, it was actually just announced um, uh, earlier today. The only news I have for the Wild, it was announced earlier today that the Minnesota Wild are um, hosting 
what they're calling the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase at Tria Rink. What does that mean? Roster is going to be announced between September 15th and 17th. Um, and um, yeah, Friday, September 15th at 7 p.m., the Wild will be playing the St. Louis Blues um, in the Prospect Showcase. Saturday at 6 p.m. on the 16th, they will be taking on the the Chicago Blackhawks and St. Louis Blues will face off. And then Sunday, September 17th at 3 p.m., the Wild will take on the Chicago Blackhawks. So the opportunity to attend all three of these games is extended exclusively to Minnesota Wild season ticket members. A limited number of tickets to each game are available and free to the public while supplies last. (coughs) To register... Um, for um, them, go to Minnesota, the Minnesota Wild official page on NHL.com um, and click on the link under the, um, under the name of the article. Tria Rink will be open 60 minutes before they start each game. And don't worry if you can't make it or don't want to go. All games will also be streamed live on the Wild YouTube channel page as well. In addition to that, Minnesota will open its training camp on Thursday, September 21st in preparation to get ready for <clears throat> the season that will get, uh, the preseason will get underway on September, excuse me, 24th. <clears throat> and then after six, um, six preseason games, these regular season will get underway on October 12th. So, Super excited about that. I myself am excited to watch those games online. And um yeah, gonna be gonna be pretty dope, I'm not gonna lie. So um in addition to that, the only excuse me, the only um news um we don't have any news on the Timberwolves, but we still got the FIBA World Cup going. <coughs> and guys we are still in the running. So since um, since the night of the last podcast, um, the Team USA has played in a couple of games. Excuse me. So um, I'm trying to remember here. They had just night of the last podcast. We knew they were moving on to um, the second round in Group J. Um, and their very first game, the morning after the, the night of the last podcast on September 1st, they took on Montenegro and beat them. Um, and then Sunday, they actually took on Lithuania and lost to them 110 to 104, which put them in second place in Group J. However, that was their only loss. So by being one of the top two teams, it put them um, in the bracket games. So then this last Tuesday, <coughs> excuse me, this last Tuesday, they took on Italy in the quarterfinals, beat them 163, and um, beat them 163. And then they will be, place, um, be playing uh, Germany. Tomorrow morning in the semifinals for a chance to make it to the finals. Should they win that game, they will be taking on um, 
the winner of Serbia and Canada. Um, and then um, both game, and then that game will be played on the tenth on Sunday. And then should they lose, if they find a way to lose, um, they'd play the loser of that game for the third place game, um, just before <coughs> the um final championship game on Sunday. So super excited! I really hope we're able to see them bring home um gold. I know the last time the FIBA World Cup, um, they got bounced, I think, in <coughs> the semis and took home third or fourth, something like that. But, um, yeah, so excited. Um, Skull USA and, um, can't wait to see how they, uh, how they fare here. Now on to the real team that we say Skull for and with. And the beloved league that they play in. Um, so yes, like I mentioned earlier <clears throat> in the podcast, yes, we are coming to you guys um, tonight here, uh, Thursday night, the night of the 2023 opening of the NFL season. Uh, still early in the fourth quarter right now of the first game with the Chiefs holding on to a kind of smallish 20 to 14 lead over the Lions. Honestly, I have to say we're not going to you know, talk too much about this game. Um, but I have to say neither team, neither of these teams have really impressed me all that much. I was going to say, um, with Chris Jones gone, uh, and and not playing, I anticipated this defense team just have their way. They really have not. Um, and with Travis Kelsey, I didn't expect a ton. And these, some of these receivers just are not stepping up and making, um, Someplace, so it'll be interesting to see what um pans out. But super, super excited um to be watching this game uh in the background here. So um yeah, gonna start off um the last segment here tonight with um something I meant to do last week or even the week before that, and we haven't yet. I'm gonna give you my guys my three bold predictions for this season. Um, number one, I'm going to go into my dip. Um, defensive side of the ball, <coughs> bold prediction, and say with the arrival of Brian Flores, the Vikings will end the season as one of the top five teams with the most sacks in the league. Um, it's worth noting in its final year with the Miami Dolphins in 2021, Flores led the Dolphins to rank fifth in sacks and posted a blitz rate of just under 40%. Even more impressive, this was a huge leap from Flores' first season in Miami as the Dolphins ranked last in sacks in 2019. Um, I got to say, many people don't, I I feel like, don't believe that Flores will stick around for three years to oversee the entire rebuild of this defense, but there is a legitimate chance it could be accelerated in Minnesota given some of our personnel. Um but let me remind you guys, the Viking we, we ranked 21st in sacks last year under frickin' Ed Donatel and ranked second in sacks in 2021. Um, even as Mike Zim, even as Mike Zimmer blitzed on just over 26% of defensive snaps. Um, don't get me wrong, as you know, we do have a lot of you know. I shouldn't say a lot. We have a decent amount of returners, and there are a lot of new faces on the defense from a couple of years ago but many of them are young upgrades that should be able to get home 
and should mean a lot more opportunities to get to the quarterback with a lot more sacks in 2023. Um, but more importantly, you can't get worse than what we did last year. Donatel, we were one of the last teams um, ranked in um, blitzing percentage, um, and it was just god-awful to watch. We made every single quarterback look like an early 2000s version of Tom Brady, and it just was agonizing to watch. I'm not going to lie. Um, moving right along, number toyed, or <laughs> number two, I toyed with saying for this one, JJ will eclipse 2,000 receiving yards this season and become the first one to do it. As much as I believe that, I don't think that's much of a bold pick to warrant one of my three bold picks of the year this season. So for um, this one, I'm actually going to say, excuse me, um, I'm actually going to say that at the end of the season, offensively, Ty Chandler will be the lead, will lead the Vikings in rushing. Um, and let me tell you guys, this might be one of the spiciest of the takes that I could have maybe picked this year. But look, as much as I love Alexander Madison, um, he's entrenched as a starting quarter, or starting court running back right now, and it would take a significant amount of success or an injury for someone to take over that spot. However, we saw him this uh, preseason. Ty Chandler is a very talented back who's young and can play on all three downs. Um, and he was arguably the best offensive player that the Vikings had during the preseason. He displayed a combination of explosiveness, vision ball security throughout, and with a somewhat committee-like approach, I think Chandler could establish himself as the main guy in the backfield. Um, so with that, moving on to my third kind of more miscellaneous pick, um, I'm actually going to go with, I think KJ is going to ultimately end up with more catches than Jordan Addison this year. Um, Look, the Vikings, you know, and all of us fans were really excited to get Jordan Addison in the first round of the draft. But I think it's still possible for KJ to have a bigger impact as a number two receiver this year. Osborne has been an interesting breakout candidate over the past two seasons as he's flashed behind Adam Thielen, you could argue, in front of him last year. Um, well, Thielen took a bulk of the work opposite of Jefferson last season. Osborne has had his moments catching a game-winning touchdown pass in Carolina last season and playing a massive role. And the Vikings come from behind uh, game against um, the Colts last year. I think this says some believing that Osborne could wind up with a bigger role this year, but those dreams were shattered when we got Addison. But I, I still think you can't dismiss what um, KJ has been able to do. Plus, I think you mix that in with the fact that um, Addison being drafted in the first round, he's going to garner a little more attention, and that maybe puts some light onto KJ, who's going to thrive in what people see as a wide receiver three, but ultimately translate to wide receiver two um, numbers. Don't get me wrong, I still believe behind JJ, TJ Hawkinson will be in line to be the number two target. Um, but there's plenty of balls to go around. We have, for the first time, we have, you know, 
TJ, you got JJ, you got KJ, you got Jordan, and then the backfield, you got guys like <clears throat> Madison, Gaskin, and Ty Chandler, who, if we're being honest, all three of those guys can play through our three downed backs. So, um, that is what I have for you guys for my three bold predictions here. Um, <clears throat> now, <coughs> sorry for that here. Um, moving on to the game at hand, the Bucks game. Um, don't get me wrong. I told you guys last week we're gonna get into the betting a little bit, and we will get that to that momentarily. So, um, I think this game will be a fun one. I think the bank is going to be rocking. Um, I don't see this <clears throat> with a week one and a lot of questions on his defense. You know, not just. Not seeing it yet. Um, however, in the event Mike Evans <coughs> isn't playing, this does have the potential to be if Baker isn't without arguably his best offensive weapon. Rumor is Mike Evans is not only, I, it's not a rumor, Mike Evans is wanting a new contract. And rumor is he's told the Buccaneers, that they ha- the clock is ticking and they have till Saturday, sometime on Saturday, to give him a contract. If they don't, he's not playing. He's that's the rumor. <clears throat> and I've watched a couple videos with him in it, and I'm led to believe that's that's true. So um, I think it'll be really hard for that offense to get going if they don't have Mike Evans. Uh, that guy is not only good, but he is tall. So. Excuse me, he's tall and he is um and he's got huge hops. So he really is one of I can maybe think of five guys in the NFL that fifty fifty balls, if you throw up fifty fifty balls, he's one of five guys in the NFL that are probably going to come down with that ball seventy five to eighty percent of the time. <clears throat> just because of his ability to go up and just grab it, get it. Um so yeah, um, I'm going to kind of dive just right into it here. Um, I think for our um, in-game predictions, um, I think offensively, I think Kirk Cousins, we will see him throw the ball 50 times. Like I said, 50-plus times. Like we talked about a little bit ago, look, the Vikings finished third in the NFL in pass attempts and completions in 2022. Since then, their best, our best running back in Delvin Cook has left the team, and we drafted Jordan Addison in the first round, and we signed, re-signed TJ Hawkinson. I, I really think, you know, don't dis, you know, they're not going to disregard the running backs. They're definitely going to get them involved, I believe, in the <clears throat> receiving game. But look at them to use the pass game to open up the run game rather than vice versa. Um, the Buccaneers also like to throw the ball, or at least they did last year with Tom Brady anyway, ranking first in passing volume. Um, but should Mike Evans play this game, it could turn into a shootout. Um, lastly, it's worth noting Kirk Cousins reached 50 pass attempts twice last year and averaged nearly 40 attempts per game with a stack set of weapons, um, except he's going to be slinging it Sunday. So that is what we have on the... Um, offensive side. Um, of the ball. 
and then um, for the um, and then on the defensive side, it's it's very similar to one of you know the bold predictions. I think this defense is going to get to Baker at least five times. Um, I think you know again, I believe in KOC, I believe in Kwesi, I believe in what they're doing. I think Brian Flores is a dog. Um, from the time we signed him, guys on our team, Daniel Hunter, the likes of the veterans, Daniel Hunter, Harrison Smith, have been talking this guy up like crazy. Um, and I think this defense is ready to put the league back on notice with Flores. Um, so anticipate different coverages, anticipate some um, shadows, some different looks. I really think we're going to get to Baker at least five times. And... I'm going to be, again, first game of the season, first time seeing the team in action. I think the Vikes get a somewhat comfortable um, game winner. I am anticipating this being a Mike Evans not playing game just because it sounds like Tampa Bay is kind of committed to rebuilding and Evans has said, I want no part in that. I, I need to be paid. So I'm banking on Mike Evans not playing. Vikings get kind of a kind of a comfortable win, like I said, twenty seven to ten. So, with that, we will get into before we let you guys go. We will get into our betting segment. Um, super excited to be doing this for you guys this year. Um, I hope you guys do well. And before I get it going, I am going to give you guys a quick disclaimer. I am not a financial advisor, um, meaning. What I give you guys for my picks, how to potentially bet the Vikings game, how to potentially bet other games, um, are strictly 100% my opinions. I am not liable for any, for the amount of money or any money you may lose, just like I'm not responsible for the money that you might win either. <laughs> cannot, cannot um, emphasize that enough. I'm not liable for any of this. Everything I'm telling you guys my opinions so keep that in mind so like i said first things first um right now the vikings are six and a half point favorites over the um tampa bay buccaneers obviously vegas is still betting and um putting it on that evans is going to play i would assume it would be a little bit higher so this one if you were to just bet the vikings game straight up I would say take the Vikings at minus six and a half. What that means is the Vikings will win by at least six and a half points. If you wanted to bet the Tampa plus 6.5, that's the spread, you wouldn't just be betting on Tampa Bay the win. You would say, look, I think the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers will win straight out by any amount of points or they will lose by six points or less. That is how the spread works. So now that we got into how to bet, how I think you guys should bet the Vikings game, we will get into our lock and our upset for week one. Now, you know, in, in getting these ready for you guys, um, you know, again, it's week one. It's tough to, you know, there's so many games that are so close. It's tough to, you know, pick who and what. Um, but let's not kid ourselves. Um, Houston is still garbage so until they prove otherwise um them and arizona who have pretty much already um before the season even started saying they're going to be freaking tanking for caleb williams as caleb um 
Caleb Williams um, sweepstakes is alive and well. Um, so I would say if you're looking for uh, a lock for the foreseeable future, whoever is playing the um, Houston Texans until they proved otherwise, or whoever is playing the Arizona Cardinals. So, oh my gosh, who could he be talking about? My lock this week is the Washington Commanders. I was surprised the line was only at um, minus six. Um, breaking it down, I guess, just a little bit for you guys. Like I said, Arizona quarterbacks Kyler Murray is going to start the season on the pup list. <coughs> Which means for the first four weeks, he'll, he will not be in action. I apologize about that. Um, and there remains no timetable for him to return. Joshua Dobbs is expected to start week one after being traded from Cleveland. But bet on Washington, especially after Strong Howell's, Sam Howell's strong preseason. Um, I, so, yeah, I, you know, it may not be a blowout because Sam Howell, um, Sam Howell is um, still kind of, you know, rookie status. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but it's pretty safe to say the Commanders will win by at least seven points, I would actually say. Um, so I would actually take to the Commanders in this game. Um, I would say they're going to win 24-14. Uh, to 14. And then for my upset, I am going with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are <clears throat> um, plus three against the San Francisco 49ers. I am sorry. To all my fans, I'm still fighting a stupid cough from a stupid tickle in my throat. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's always tough week one. You don't know what to get from teams. But um, I will tell you guys, I like the Pittsburgh Steelers at plus three here against the San Francisco 49ers. Look, the Steelers pulled off the upset against Cincinnati in week one last season. The 49ers, it's worth noting, have not won at Pittsburgh so keep that in mind. San Francisco are three-point favorites in Pittsburgh. Um, they have not won at Pittsburgh since 96. And um, the Pittsburgh's defense has, I think, will could surprise some people at home. This feels like an unexpected upset that I'm picking, especially when it comes to 49ers quarterback situation and the follow-up from the Trey Lance trade. Um, I still think it'll be a relatively close game, but ultimately I got the Steelers becoming victorious 26-20. So with that, um, helping you guys kind of with the betting stuff, I don't know, you know, if you guys are new to this, not, um, but again, not liable, not a financial advisor, you know, um, what's the, you know, bet with caution if you choose to. So, if you were to do a three-game parlay against the spread with what I've given you so far, with the Vikings at minus six and a half points, Washington minus six, and Pittsburgh at plus three, placing a $100 bet on those three things to happen, a parlay means you're betting on different outcomes and all of them need to hit for you to win. So, if you were to parlay these, all three of those things would need to happen and if it did, a $100 bet on those three would win you $588.29. $10 would win you $58.83. And then you could probably do the math. $1 to win $5.88. Um, 
So again, travel with caution on those picks. Um, however, if you don't like these games, those are the picks I'm giving this week. I'll always give you guys um, a couple of others that I do like. Um, right now, um, locks that I like are other than, I'll get to the Baltimore over Houston, but one of the other locks that I like in week one is um, the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, who are three and a half point favorites over the Colts. Look, Anthony Richardson could very well have a good year this year. I really think he is going to. I think as a team, the Colts will still struggle a little bit, but he's making his first start against Jacksonville. Uh, team that took off around Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence last season. The Jaguars were ranked 26th in the NFL in sacks last season. So monitor them, similar to the Vikings, to turn up the pressure. Calvin Ridley, who will be reinstated after a year-long suspension, will make his presence felt um, <clears throat> as a new target for Lawrence. And I got the Jags winning comfortably 31-21 to in this game. Um, and then, like I mentioned... Um, the other lock right now that I like is the Baltimore Ravens 9.5 point favorites over the Houston Texans. Again, C.J. Stroud's making his first start for the Texans, but it's a tough spot to open on the road against what should be a loose Ravens team around Lamar Jackson. Baltimore is 11-1, or 11-4, sorry, in week ones under John Harborough, and they have won five of their last six openers. Those five victories were by an average of 32 points per game. I'm sorry, I did I did not misspeak. Average of 32 points per game. I think Jackson is going to connect with his guys, um, and the Ro- Ravens are going to roll from there. I got them winning 35-16. to 16. Uh, And the last pick I'll give you guys, um, I got one other upset that I kind of like, and that is the... Miami Dolphins two and a half uh, at plus two and a half points over the LA Chargers. Um, again, Justin Herbert versus Tua in what has the potential to be an early season shootout. The Chargers have a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore, <coughs> who had 367 yards in a 23 to 17 victory against the Dolphins last season. Um, and Tano Viola gets his revenge, I believe, this time. And Tyreek clears 100 yards with these. I still think it'll be a relatively um, close game. But given two and a half points, I'm going to say the Dolphins win this game 32-27. So once again, just a couple of reminders. <clears throat> not a financial advisor. Um, bet with caution. Not liable for any losings or winnings. Have fun. Um, can't wait to see Sunday's games, Sunday night, Monday night football. All will be super, super exciting stuff. Um, so, yeah, one last reminder for you guys. Um, you can still join the Pick'ems. Uh, tonight's game's already locked. Um, but join the Pick'ems, and um, we will get you paid out in some merch <clears throat> at the end of the season. So I will leave you guys with remember this podcast about you guys, the listeners. If you have a topic you want me to address or a question you want me to answer, please reach out on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter, or by emailing us. Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram handles are at mini weekend, and email is at mini weekend at gmail.com. That's M I N N Y W E E K E N D at gmail.com. And be sure to let us know if you'd like to stay anonymous with your questions as well. Also, find us and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter where there are giveaways and you can stay up to date on all things mini weekend. And lastly, make sure you hit that subscribe button to get notified of the new episode as soon as it comes out.
Till next time, Minnie.